Welcome everyone. While the country is on a lockdown, we're going to continue to be the church. We're going to gather together online and we're going to worship together, pray together, listen to God's word together and give together. And so if you're a regular or if you're with us for the first time, we are so glad to have you with us. Doesn't it feel like the world's turned upside down? Well, in this series, we're going to be looking at one of Jesus' teachings known as the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is going to teach us that if we're going to follow Him, we are going to have to live upside down lives. Enjoy the next sermon in the series. Hello, Riversiders, friends, and everybody who is listening into the message this morning. We certainly find ourselves in unique times. And I know that many of you are having uh, fear and anxiety over what this means for yourselves, your friends, your family. And uh, we are just excited that our God is the God of history and that He doesn't sleep nor slumber. He watches over us. He holds the whole world in His hands. We have this unique opportunity that during this time to go to Him as our source of peace and comfort. And I'm excited that we get to look at God's Word today. And in that, draw from it and see what He has to say in this situation so we can continue to grow. And uh, we are in this crazy time where our National Defense Force has been deployed and seeing soldiers on the streets for the first time. And while it's not exactly the same, Jesus is aware of these tensions and we're going to see in the context of what we're teaching on is able to speak into the situation that we find ourselves in. We started a series called Living Upside Down and we are looking at a passage where Jesus taught his disciples. It's called the Sermon on the Mount where he sat down with his followers to teach them about the kingdom. We know that when Jesus started his ministry, part of what he did was to bring in and start the kingdom of God here on earth. And it's important for us as his followers, followers of Jesus Christ, to understand that and know what that means so we can live as citizens of his kingdom. Some of the context of Jesus teaching the Sermon on the Mount is that God's people, the Israelites at the time of Jesus entering into his public ministry, is that they were subjugated by the Roman Empire. And so they were living under military conquest. So for them to see soldiers um, on the roads and to have military checkpoints was not unique for them. It's something that Jesus understood in his ministry. And so part of what he's speaking to his followers is how do you live in some of these times? And so we're going to look at a specific passage while he's teaching that this morning. So if you have Bibles, I encourage you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be reading from verse 13. So here we go. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13. Just a few verses for us today. And he goes on by saying, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, and neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, 
Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I love this passage so much because it is so simple in these two clear parts uh, that Jesus is using as an example for what it means to be part of the kingdom. There's salt and light. And for our time together, we're going to spend time on looking at what Jesus means by salt and by light. And here I've got this uh, beautiful uh, salt shaker filled with pink Himalayan salt. I enjoy my cooking. And so at home I've got pink Himalayan salt. I've got some beautiful rock salt from Botswana. Just standard table salt. And it's really just this incredible ingredient. And it's giving us some thought because we're entering into, again, this just unique time where we're thinking differently about food. And while many of us are... Uh, gone out and we've tried to prepare for this 21 day lockdown salt is such an essential ingredient we have our freezers we've been able to uh, put what we've needed into there to keep it frozen for this period those of us who are fortunate to have those facilities the writing of this passage they didn't have that what they had to look after themselves was salt And while we primarily use this ingredient to enhance uh, our flavor, some of you use it to mask the cooking of your spouses, but that's uh, uh, not for, for this time. But primarily at the time of this writing, salt was used to preserve. It stopped food from decaying. Isn't it just so incredible to know that you can take something like raw pork, put salt over it, and all of a sudden... Given enough time, you have got a delicious cured meat like bacon. can take something like fish and preserve it so that you don't need to store it in a cool place or in a freezer and you can just eat it. The incredible properties of salt that can stop fruit from decaying, preserve it, turning it into delicious food. And this is Jesus' core statement at the start of this. Remember, he's teaching his disciples what it means to be citizens of the kingdom. And the major descriptive statement is, you are the salt of the earth. He's not talking about flavor enhancing salt. He's talking about the kind of salt that preserves food from rotting, from going into decay. And I love this because, again, Jesus is talking, and I love how Jesus sets this up because thinking about being the kind of the moral preserving ingredient in our society, man, at a time like to this, people are thinking and acting in, in crazy ways and, and are already concerned about safety. Here, the church has the most incredible opportunity to live upside down. We are living in unique times. People are unsure of how to behave, how to live. We've got military presence. Uh, we are certainly facing uncertain times. And so while our lives have been flipped upside down, here we have the opportunity to live right side up in these moments and to be that influence that Jesus is calling us to be now more than ever. And what I love so much is Jesus speaking here sets this up for us with his ministry. Fast forward from this passage to what he does a little while later as he goes to the cross in our place for our sin. When he is on the cross and he dies for our sin and he rises victorious in victory over 
our greatest enemies, sin, shame, and death, what he sets up for us is the real ability to be salt to our community. See, part of what he does for us as believers is he enables us to become like him. Think of the the passages like 2 Corinthians 3.18, which says, And we who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory with ever-increasing measure that comes from the Spirit. When Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth, he's talking about a fundamental thing that happens as a result of the gospel. We are new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. The, the book is full of statements that talk about the change that happens when we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. And again, through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we get to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. This is not just a, a statement that Jesus has thrown out that we've got to try hard to be good people. No, the perfect moral example, Jesus, who was without sin, but became sin for us so that we would become the righteousness of Christ. Understanding the fullness of the work of Jesus, without being funny, making us salty. That we are the salt of the earth. Not because of our good actions and moral work that we do, but first and foremost, through the completed work of Jesus on our behalf, in our place. And so when he says these words, you are the salt of the earth, looking through the lens of the completed work of Jesus, we have the very real opportunity to grow in this and to genuinely be this because of the perfect example of Jesus. And so when we think of salt, when we think of what he's calling us to be this time, in this season, we are the salt. As people are rushing out, as people are, are really concerned, as there's fear and, and people missing out on groceries because other people are stockpiling and, and things like that, we have an opportunity to apply the gospel in a very unique way. Because how did Jesus show us to be salt? Well, again, I've mentioned the cross. As the way that he flipped everything upside down, the society that he was in, they were concerned about everything that was going on. They were looking forward to a savior. Round about this time, the people of Jesus were anticipating a savior. We talk about this in churches as what is known as, as messianic hope. Because they were under the rulership of, of, of Rome and the Roman army, and the promises of the Old Testament as they were looking for their savior, and Jesus is saying, I'm coming and I'm bringing my kingdom. How does he flip that upside down? He serves us and he humbles himself to death on the cross. So he shows us what it means to live and be salt and the salt of the earth. Our perfect moral example did it by being humble. He did it by serving all of us, every single one of us, by being on the cross. Again, then... Uh, the second example that he uses is light. And I love this paraffin lantern and uh, something that we understand well as a society and something that has become part of our language as South Africans is load shedding. We know what it is like to suddenly find ourselves sitting literally in the dark. When that happens, we all jump up 
and we scramble to get to our cupboard and maybe like me you're quite clumsy and you kick your shin on the coffee table and bump into a few things because the kids toys are everywhere and then you get your light and you turn your light on and all of a sudden you're not in the dark anymore these lights are so wonderful that you turn it on and all of a sudden there is light to the the room and you can light up the house and we're no longer sitting in the dark we all have light and so we can understand the value that light brings to our lives jesus calls us uh, to be the light of the world and again i'm taken to john 8 12 where jesus says i am the light of the world and so while he's saying we don't hide lights We don't uh, light the lamp and and cover it and all of a sudden sit in darkness again. And he's using so many examples that would have been unique for the hearers. But if you've been out at night and as a traveler and you're in the dark trying to find a place of safety, you see the lights of the city on the hill and you're safe. You know where to go. You're directed uh, to a place that becomes then your hope because you're not out vulnerable at night. Think about a ship, the light that a lighthouse brings to a ship traveling on the coast. It's it's hope in a storm because without the light of a lighthouse, how is it supposed to navigate rocks and, and, and a dangerous coastline? And Jesus provided for us again in his very life what it means to be the light of the world. Because Jesus, as our hope and light, was lifted up. On a cross. And so in that became light. And, and, and I love this word hope. Because for us, again, I, I keep coming back to the season that we find ourselves in that is so unique. Where we are, are, are struggling with knowing what to feel. Knowing, um, not knowing how to act and, 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 and what emotions we should be having. But when I look at this passage about salt and now especially light, you know, when we think of being in the dark and the comfort that light brings, that Jesus is encouraging us to be that presence in people's lives. People are experiencing dark emotions. People are being confronted with their own morality. The amazing thing about humans is with our income and the provisions and the comforts that we enjoy we don't often think of our morality and now for the first time people are very concerned about that and jesus ensured for us that him being the light of the world being the hope of our salvation ensuring for us that the trouble comes in this world we live with the hope of eternity Again, he went to the cross. He showed us what it is to be the light of the world by dying on the cross in our place for our sin. And as he was lifted up, that lamp shines bright for the whole world. That when we look at that and we surrender ourselves to the work that he did on the cross for our sin, that we have eternal hope and eternal light. And so it's so important for us to think about that. Um, I'm so encouraged. Uh, Jesus uh, quoting uh, in, in Matthew 12. He's, he's summarizing some verses from Isaiah 42. He goes on to say this. This is what was 
to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. This is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. And I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out, and no one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out, till he has brought justice through to victory. And in his name the nations will put their hope. And I love that because when we think about what Jesus is teaching, his very life demonstrates this for us. And so for us becomes very real hope in this time. The Apostle Paul, who uh, went around and, and did the job of taking the message of the gospel, the work of Jesus Christ to his generation and encouraging churches, wrote this in another part of the Bible called, called Romans. And it's Romans chapter 5 from verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit's whom he has given to us. And so when as followers of Jesus Christ we talk about hope, our hope is in the certainty that our Savior, who is victorious over sin, death, and shame, and who ascended to the right hand of the Father, is coming back for us, his church and his followers. So when we say hope, our hope is not blind hope, our hope is not dreaming, our hope is not wishing. Our hope is resting in the reality of our victorious Savior, who was the ultimate example for us, and who has secured for us this eternal hope, which we live with in these times. And so I want to encourage you, all who are listening, that at this time, to press into the hope of Jesus. So some final encouragements for us from this passage is take this time to become more like Jesus Christ. He has given us everything we need through the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit to be transformed into His likeness. So during this time, use it to submit yourself to God's Word, reading it and asking Him to transform you so that you are more like Him. We have this wonderful opportunity and I really want to encourage you uh, to take advantage of it. And then he encourages us to be light, to shine, so that people can see our good deeds for the glory of God. And here are some wonderful ways that we can do it. People are in a dark place. People are uncertain. People are scared. We have hope. We can be the light of Jesus into their lives. So let's do that. Let's practically, where people are feeling discouraged, let's encourage Let's remind people of the hope that we have in Jesus. When you're in your WhatsApp groups, in your WhatsApp chats, if you are using any online platform to meet and communicate with people, remember how you can be that encouraging presence of light in their lives. Phone people, message people, 
go through your contact lists and encourage uh, in ways that you can encourage and then practically let's just be great citizens at this time we're going to be going through checkpoints we are going to be under lockdown and so let's just be good kind servants by obeying all those commands and being respectful if, if people want to see our driver's license and they, and they stop us let's thank them for well we're under lockdown they're not and so we can thank people that are working in checkers we can thank people at the shops we can encourage them we can love on them and so let's reflect and remember uh, that we're called to be salt and we're called to be light now that you have heard the sermon and the challenge from God's word, let's take some time together as families to pray through these uh, points and challenges and some guides for that are going to be on the screen now. Thank you for joining us online and please continue to journey with us. Remember to stay connected via our Oikos app or our various social media platforms. God bless you this week.